So, uh, welcome Crown Point. This is another edition of Lay of the Land podcast. Um, it's kind of a special edition today because this wraps up season one of our very first season of the Lay of the Land podcast. So, thank you for that rousing ovation. Not a little thin, I thought. But <laughs> uh, as everybody knows, we have uh, viewers from all over the United States and other countries. I always got some emails on. So, um, being the number one rated podcast yes. on Crown Point. So, couldn't ask for a better season one. And we're very excited to show Anthony. How are you doing? Doing good. Glad to see you can make it. Thanks. It's been a busy month. Always is. How's the girls? They, no, we're about, we talked about your girls' softball. Yeah. Uh, the rock stars of the team. And you guys sure. are all over the place. So, yeah, winter rock uh, softball is kind of winding down now, but uh, uh, getting ready for summer. So, yeah, just roll right into the next season. Now, there is no offseason. There is no offseason in sports anymore. Yeah, that's true. I got lucky because my kids are older. So there was like season, then you move on, it comes back the next season. So, yeah. But, yeah. Very good. And we have uh, Adam here as well, here. Uh, team pace director. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. How are you? Glad to see you could show up. Didn't have much choice. No, I always get, you know, <laughs> I always pick on you for your attire, but today you are actually, you're looking very professional. I think I've seen you got a haircut and everything. New pants and shoes. Dressed for a special guest today. Yeah, yeah. He, knew who, he knew who was coming. Right. Yeah. He was very nervous. He was. He was. Yeah. New pants today. The flashcards, he called me over the weekend. Yeah. So I talk about this. He took my hairbrush and was in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> <You good>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of course, the reins and brawn behind the show, Mary, who's off camera. How you doing, Mary? I'm great. How are How you? How was your month? Lovely. Just lovely? Just lovely. Okay. One of these times we're going to get you on camera. No, you're not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. She's in charge of that. So, anyway, so a very exciting show. Um, so we have two of our Crown Point City leaders uh, in the workforce. So we have Dan Nick here. Dan, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. And Doug Bright. Thank you for coming, Doug. Absolutely. And we thought, because, you know, throughout the year, Crown Point does a lot of very important projects, but none more visible to the public than our road improvement projects. So it could just be paving, be a whole series of road projects. So these two are kind of take the lead on all the road projects. So you get all the glory when somebody gets out on their newly paved road and it looks great. And then you get the... How come my road wasn't paved on? So we're going to discuss all the ins and outs of road paving and how we determine who gets what and how, how that process works. So, uh, But before we jump into that, you know, because the viewers always around me about they want to know about our guests, their personal side. So Dan, you recently got married. I did. Last How's that year. going? It's going good. Yeah, last July. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aren't you going to talk about your wife and how yeah. awesome she is? <laughs> She's an amazing woman. I've uh, been with her about three years now, and we live over on the uh, east side of Crown Point. Go through the roundabouts every day. One of our projects that we were involved with. Yeah. So we have uh, three kids at home, um, freshman, seventh grade, and fifth grade. So two of them will be going to the new TAP next year, and one will stay at high school. Very exciting. And we got one that's uh, out on the uh, west coast right now. So uh, how long have you worked for the city? This will be my 17th year. Okay, and so what's your what's your department? What's your official title? Uh, official title is GIS coordinator and floodplain administrator. But for the last few years, I've been doing more with the road projects. 
So GIS coordinator, what is, so people that don't know, what is uh, GIS coordinator, basically I describe it to people as like Google Earth on steroids. So it's everything like behind the scenes, the mapping of the city from infrastructure under the ground to tracking parcel information, zoning information, um, special event maps we do for grades, walking maps, park maps. Uh, we have over 450 different layers of information throughout our system that we can pull up at any time and anything that any of the uh, citizens need or, you know, our staff. Yeah. Off that, so. yeah. I don't think most residents know, but, you know, all the, the amount of data and amount of information that the city has to have in their inventory, right? Above ground and underground that, you know, you don't think about underground infrastructure unless there's the roads torn up and it's closed or you got a problem at your house or business. Correct. And then you, what's going on with right. sewer or whatever the problem is. Yeah. And for, for the longest time, it was just me doing all the data and then information for that. But recently our uh, public works, our utility department has taken a huge step in going out, gathering information that we haven't had, new information, updating information. Uh, a lot of it's taking old maps, any that, that put that stuff in, but then it's also trying to find the um, errors and old maps that we would get, just not only maybe not complete or just being outdated from 30 years ago. So those guys have really you know picked up the pace and helped out with that since I've been pulled into doing some more projects with our engineering office. Yeah. So there's never a down day. No. Everything. So there's always something going on. Very good. And our other rock star guest here is Doug Bright. Doug, well, the road doctor. The road yeah. doctor. What do you, how do you, do you like that? It's fine. Is the road doctor. I mean, you've been called worse, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially during road paving season. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. So you're kind of a celebrity. Now we have to talk mm. about who you're related to by marriage. But nevertheless, related to Tim Highbrader is my father-in-law. So your father-in-law is yeah. Tim Highbrader. Yeah, Tim's a great guy. He's fantastic. Former guest. Former guest. So, yeah. Did you watch that episode? I did. Nice. I haven't, I haven't missed one yet. We have said that. Yeah, I haven't missed one yet. So, so very good. So, what what's your official title? What's your role with the city? The engineering superintendent is my official title. But um, you know, I'm out there with the guys while they're doing road work and. Any other projects? We have multiple programs that we facilitate throughout the city. Uh, we got you know MS four programs stuff like that. Um, so we got a lot on our plate, and it gets even more busy as the years go on. It just seems to we stay busy. So, so when the, you want to talk about what for those who don't know what MS four compliance is and what you're looking so, for there? Yeah, so MS four I, I mentioned it. It's just one of the programs we have. It's the stormwater pollution prevention program and it's through IDEM um, and um, it's one of those to where we want to keep our storm systems clean of any sediment so any new builds there's requirements of best management practices that um, you know they have to go through per IDEM. We adopted the program within the city and um, so we adhere to it so we have inspectors out there you know on new development that needs to make sure that the sediment on their site stays on their site and that runs that doesn't run into our storm system. Yeah. So I, I mentioned that I probably you know. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if, if so it's not just the city um we're we're enforcing compliance for item standards. 100%. It's not just the city making up these rules and what we want nilly willies. Correct. We're accountable to the state. Um otherwise we get in trouble with 
Yeah, it's, and, it, and it hurts our system. It, 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 yeah, it's very damaging to our system. We want the we want the stormwater to get into the system and, and, and get out of here, so it doesn't end up in people's basements or flooded yards or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, yeah. So that's just one of the many tasks that we have in our engineering department. Yeah. So is so every year, and this is my first year doing this. But so every year we have a how, how do we select. What kind of what roads are we going to pave? What all work needs to be done? Curbing, everything that comes with that. Very labor intensive. Very labor intensive process. And of course, everything is determined by funding and different uh, money sources. But so I think you know a lot of people don't understand. You know, my road seems to be in bad shape. Um, hasn't been paved in a number of years. Why is not? Why isn't my road getting paved? So how how do we? We have something called the pay survey. Mm -hmm. So what, what is the pace of rating and how is the road score? So we'll go back to, there's an LTAP program, Local Technical Assistance Program, that we adopted that was designed by INDOT. And it's a program that they implemented, um, which involves the PASER rating. And so I'll let Dan touch on the PASER rating because he's the master at this. Um, but we adopted this, so we have to have this in place for us to qualify for the community crossings program. So we adopted the LTAP program, which encompasses the PASER rating involved in this. And so then we get out, Dan. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. So when we started doing road projects, well, when I was at the city um, originally, it was always who would call and complain about their road or this guy wants it done, this guy wants it done, and so forth. And it was just kind of a biased, well, let's just do this road because we get calls on it. When the program Doug's talking about came about, it was what's a fair way to do it, not only for the whole state, but breaking down to the local level. So that program is using the PACER system, which started in Michigan, and it basically does a 1 through 10 rating on each road segment, and it breaks it down from a brand new road to a road that is just like complete disrepair. Um, and the different types of cracks... Uh, longitudinal, transverse cracks, edge cracking, uh, what they call alligator cracking when you go and you see the little like two inch squares that you know, it's intertwined together. The amount of cracks on each road kind of drop it into each of those ratings. Um, so by doing that, you can go through, you can say, we're going to pave roads that are all ones and twos, threes, fours, five, sixes, whatever your case may be. But this way you have an actual backing of what that road is rated and mm -hmm. say, I'm going to pave this road, not just because somebody asked me to. Yeah. So there's a lot more to it than just <clears throat> driving down the road. You see a couple of dips or potholes or. Right. Um, so there's a lot more to it, how you come up with the yeah. score. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, you know, if I want to find out where my road's at, what kind of road, so, are all the roads scored? Yes. Mm -hmm. So every road in the city gets a. 1,001 we're, we're segments? Over, yeah, we're just over 1,000 segments. Um, we have a new couple of new developments that came in this last year, so I think we're closer. It's about 115. Um, I don't have the exact number right now because last week we did all the driving. So we drove, it took us three and a half days to drive every segment of road. We rated them all. And then this, this week we're going through and taking those ratings off of the maps that we had, putting them into our GIS so we have them there. And then we're also putting them into a spreadsheet, and that spreadsheet is what we publish out to the city website, and that's where people can see where their roads rated. And then once we get all those in there, I think I have about 25 new roads to add this year from last year. 
So that's why I don't have an exact number, but I know it's over a thousand segments that we'll have in there. So around so all the ratings are on the website. So yeah, mid-April, we should have it updated by mid-April, yeah, right? Yeah, a few weeks. A few weeks. Um, and I'm not allowed to drive Dan <laughs> anymore. No, no. Doug drove me last right, year. You're a bad driver. I mean, yeah, he made it about an hour and a half, and I was like, let's go back to the shop. I gotta get somebody else. I mean, <laughs> is he a slow driver? Or he wanted he to get it done. It's not necessarily the the straight driving. It was the turns and the cul-de-sacs that. <laughs> You're against the glass and you're ready to lose your lunch and it's like <coughs> cul-de-sacs. You know, he's. I mean, he, he likes to do it. He takes the cul-de-sac the same speed as the straightaway. Oh. Yeah. So, well, you're very efficient. Yeah, Try to raise it like that. Yeah, right. I had. A, I had all a great, can't be good drivers. I had a great driver this year. Oh so. yeah, you sure did. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we get to so the updated for 2023. All the to be like mid-April. It should be mid-April. And that's all. I'll say the latest. Created. Yeah. yeah. So then I can go on the city website <coughs> and find out where my roads are. Correct. Okay. And so like the, so one would be the worst and 10 would be the best score, right? Correct. So if you're in the middle of the road or higher, your, your road's probably not going to be looked at this year, right? right? Yeah. So, so the fives and, so I would say fives, sixes, and sevens, we try to do a preventative maintenance. So we have a crack setting program that we go out there and assess and we try to get as many roads crack sealed to preserve what we have. And then ones, twos, and threes, we try to target, but I mean, we average about what, eight miles, nine miles yeah. a year. Um, one, there's not enough time in a season. Yeah. You know, paving season. So it's, it's very short. Tight. So we try to squeeze in as many miles as we can. And, and obviously, you know, nothing's cheap anymore. Either. Right. Right. So, you know, I'm going to be curious to see what our bid numbers come in this year. Um, you know, because no no one's given any pricing right now because it's just too early for them to tell what kind of costs or materials are going to be. Yeah. So anything. so we have all the ratings, and then the next step is then we all meet and say with the big map. I've talked about this at Mondays with the mayor. Is we literally go through and we chart. Here's all the ones. Yeah. In the whole city of Crown Point, here's all the roadways that are ones. Yep. Um, and then we kind of make a. We don't. We have a certain amount of funding, but we really don't know how far that funding is going to take us until we get all the pricing and bidding back. Bidding back in from March 22nd right. from our our vendors. Right. That's right. So what what we do is we try to get in there and we try to compile ones, twos, and if there's a three in, in an area and, and develop clusters for you guys to look at. And in this area, it's, it's beneficial to keep in a confined area, get as many as we can done in that area and then bounce over to another. Then previous, uh, before we would be up north and then we'd have two up north and then go over here and over here, over here we started making it to where we stay in an area. So you can get more done. You're not moving around. You get more done yeah. in one area. And then you, you don't see that place. You don't see that area yeah. for 10, 10. Yeah. And also it gives us a little better pricing too. Cause as, as contractors, they know I'm working on three roads that are next to each other. Once they're done with this, I don't have to drive all my equipment halfway right. uptown to go somewhere else. I can stay here for a month and work on everything at once. Yeah. Get it all done and go from there. And they also, you don't want to, have a road that's a one or two tying into another one or two and only do that one road and leave and go somewhere else. You want to try and get them where they intersect each other, like Doug said, and yeah. you know, stay in that same area. Yeah. So we have, so part of the process, so we have that done. 
and then through your guys' past years and your expertise, you can kind of calculate that section of road we think is going to cost this much money. We don't know for sure until we get the prices. So we usually take last year's um, unit prices and we develop an estimate sheet. Mm -hmm. And I think we probably had all of our ones and twos estimated last year. So it kind of made it easier this year for us to establish. We just go based on last year's numbers and just, it's going to be close. It's going to be more, but it's going to be close. And then we'll just have to cut back on the latter part of our list. But we have probably, I would say 90% of our ones and twos already estimated. So the past few years, we've just been plugging away and getting getting, uh, them estimated. Yeah. So, and then we've talked about, I mean, I'm always surprised to say this at least once a day. Anthony probably say, say it way more than that, but how much stuff costs. Yeah. To me, it's just, yeah, everything costs so much money. So, like some roads I look at, <laughs> we've talked about it, you'd say that stretch of road is going to be, you know, $300,000. Yeah. To me, <clears throat> I'm like, are you out of your mind? That should not cost $300,000. Yeah. But there's more to it. If we're just paving it, it's this much. If you have to be more comprehensive. So why don't you guys talk about why some roads, you know, it may be the same stretch, but are double the price of what other roads are. It's it's concrete really makes a huge difference. So like if we're going to dive into a road and in the center part of town, a lot of those roads are, or the, the oldest part of town, those curves are non-existent. And I mean, the whole point of us, you know, is to get the water to go to the gutter, to the storm inlets. So when you start incorporating concrete into this mix, it gets very costly. So 10 years ago, when I started this, uh, it was $22 a linear foot for concrete curb. That's installed, $22 a linear foot. Last year we paid 85. Yeah, it was up there. So it's it's pretty significant. Yeah, probably. That's nuts. That's a lot. It is a lot. So you incorporate, uh, you know, full curb, and then when you do curb, there's there's a lot of times, nine times out of ten, you got to pull back on some of the apron to get your elevations um, correct, so everything flows properly. So now you're cutting back into somebody's apron. Then you get into well, their apron's garbage. So then, what we t- discussed earlier, it's like you. <coughs> We should only be taking what we need, yeah. but it's falling apart. So we end up taking the full apron, which isn't really our responsibility, but we do it. We do it because it's going to make the project, you know, right. We, we, try make, yeah, we try to make it functional for the water to flow. Like he was talking yeah. about curbs non-existent. They were there at one point, but 30, 40 years ago when they come through and do paving projects, they would just go right over the top of what they had and curbs are just disappearing. Yeah. So the goal is to get the water to flow. You got to add that back. Like I said, the apron sometimes get raised up a little bit. We've got to match back to, you know, a good slope and get it so that water flows out instead of into their driveway. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people just drive down the road. They don't pay attention to the curb, whether it's there or not, or uh, they're just looking at the condition of the roadway. But you're saying when we do a road project, it's just as important to get that curb. Right. Uh, one's not there to get one built, which adds a lot of money yeah. to the cost of the project. And if we don't fix the heaving curbs, water flows back onto the road. And, and in three years, that water stands there constantly. It's going to crack right up again, and now we got to pay yeah. it again. So yeah. we could we could do, you know, we could do more roads if we just 
didn't do her due diligence and right. create their uh, the curb work all at the same time because yeah. then the shortens the lifespan of the road. We can get more done, but the roads aren't going to last as yeah, long. Just to piece the purpose. We better do it how we're doing. So that goes back to you know Dan when you started. When I think I started around the same time, but mm -hmm. I think our paving dollar amounts were somewhere around a half a million dollars for the entire city right. about that time. And, yeah. You know, obviously with the price of going up and the the you know addition of the roads and doing roads properly because there'll be on that schedule it might be every 40 or 50 years you got to get your road done mm -hmm. uh what is the you know looking at what you guys maybe come out of what you guys spend now uh to do roads and then two what is the if done right what is the i guess the number of years you'd yeah. like to see get out of a road or is it that you can go back on a you know a scheduled basis of understanding that mother nature dictates a lot of stuff what, if you do a road right, what do you hope to get out of that, I guess? Yeah. I, I mean, well, if the, the Pacer classes that we've taken with all the technical data that they have over the years, not only from Indiana, but from other states, they say if you do it correctly, it should last you about 15, maybe 17 years is when you should get back in there. But that's... You, you couldn't, you couldn't that, do it on this budget. Right. Well, then there's yeah. that. I guess another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that stretch in the Midwest where it's hot, cold, freezes, thaws, yeah. freezes. It, it makes it tough. Is a horrible situation Terrible. as it comes to concrete, yeah. as to asphalt, anything yeah. that's, you know, you go down in Phoenix or, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere in Arizona where it's a constant Florida, they don't have the replacements often. But the fact is that right. they don't have. And it's not only the conditions. That yeah. Have. yeah. It's not only sure. that surface layer that's the issue. It's your subgrade issue. So we could have a road that's a one or two, and we just take off the top couple inches yeah. and repave it. We didn't fix the structural issue, and in three or four years, you're going to start seeing some of those cracks coming back up again. So we try and go down on those that are really bad, repair some of the issues that are subgrade. Get some that's, in yeah, that's where you're getting your freeze thaw, and that's where you're getting the cracking to come up and expose itself through the surface. Yeah. It all starts with your subgrade, yeah. Which is why our new development always said that. Yeah. It always starts with subgrade. Here's, right. a, here's a perfect example. Remember we did Crest? Crestview, mm -hmm. right? We lost that road. It was it was a marshmallow. Yeah. So we peeled it all out. I remember that. We brought um, rock solid in, and they did that um, stabilization, the concrete stabilization, the powder. They and they brought this huge tiller in there. It was amazing. Never seen it before. It was awesome. A long day. If you drive that road, we've done that five years ago. Probably we drive that road today, and there I just did it. There's minimal cracking. And it, the road looks beautiful. Yeah. And that was five years ago. So, I mean. Yeah, I remember that was, yeah, because I think the REMA had that system getting people to and from their homes. We did. And so, no, that was. There was no drive access. Nothing. Yeah. So, we, we accommodated to the residents. And it was a very long day. It started at 7 a.m. Yeah. And it was getting dark. And we were at the end. And home stretch, right? It's great. We're almost done. And he nailed the gas line right at the end. <laughs> so we're like, oh, my goodness, you're kidding me. So the only way you're going to get nips go out, you got to call the fire department. Yeah. They're not coming out. If you got a gas leak, you know, okay, we'll be out. I've got to call the fire department. So we had fire out there. And it was probably 930 by the time we wrapped it all up. Yeah. All that. So that's a great example of what we're talking about. If you could do the road, if you don't do it right, within a matter of just a few short years, you're going to be right back 
yeah. doing the same right. road again. Right. So, so for right now, I mean, we average we average like eight to ten miles of roads that we can repair a year. We have over 150. How many miles of roads do we have? Uh, just shy of 150. We have, yeah. but, but, that oh, was our, a trivia question. Well, you should know that. 150. I'm not giving. I'm not giving. No, it's 151.75. I think. 150.7. <laughs> oh, okay. I added an extra mile. Yeah. That's okay. Went over, it doesn't count. No, it doesn't. I was under. It covered my, it covered my spread, though. Right. We'll get married. We'll edit that out. <laughs> we'll dump in. Yeah, you said the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> my clutch card. So, but with, the hundred, with 150 miles of roads, right? And if we can do, hopefully, try to goal of like 10 a year, then we need them in the last 15 years right. because after, you know, every 15 years, we'll be turning them over, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, so, what we have in place right now is, is a, we're, we're a two-inch mill right now. We get a, we get into some of the binder, which helps. Would, would a three-inch mill help? Some roads, yeah. But then we go back two years later on a road that we just paid two years later, and we're already cracked signal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you you got to work within your budget. You know, and that, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, yeah, this is what we got. Yeah. Well, as you talked about, you may have... Starting this project, this road is going to be two hundred thousand dollars, and then you get into it, and maybe you're finding some right. issues. Uh, that's going to cost us a lot more. Which then, what it affects the other it's parts of the right city now. that what yeah. we're hoping to do. Yeah, there's times that we we peel out and we see that there's bad areas, and we got to mark it out a certain area, twenty by twenty section. We got to excavate it down, take out all the subgrade, make sure because that's the last thing you want to do is throw new pavement on it, and then you start seeing within a year because you're there. You got to get it done. Yeah. You got to fix it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We yeah. always have a little bit of contingency into every road estimate just because we don't know those unknowns. Yeah. Or if we're going to need a wedge material on that road to make it, you know, the water flow properly and, you know, to work with the subgrade too. So we build that in. There's been times we use it on heavy roads, times we don't use it at all. And then we have a little bit extra. Or we can add one more road behind the yeah. extra road to pay. So, yeah. So you're talking about, and this is a good question that's, if my road's getting paved, I'd probably ask the same question. You're talking about an apron. So the apron is your driveway from the street to the sidewalk. So from back of right. curb. Yeah, so you got your curb and then you have your apron. So back of curb, your apron starts and you go through the sidewalk. So, so if the apron is such in poor condition that if we don't fix it, or at least a part of it, it's going to impact negatively on our brand new roadway and curb system that we can go up and we can replace that part of the apron. Yeah. So our, our biggest, our main focus is if we're putting curb through your apron, we want it to function properly. And that might not be, we may not be able to uh, match up to your existing apron. So we pull back three feet if it's in good condition, right? It's just, you know, if this guy's got a brand new apron, um, you know, I'll probably take half of it just for aesthetic purposes, right? But we want that curb, you know, the existing versus what we're going to put in mm-hmm. could change depending on the footage of curb that we, they want to get that to flow properly. So, yeah. so it, it's almost inevitable that we, if we're going to replace the curb, we got to take some of the apron. Yeah. Okay. And it's a case by case basis. Yeah. You got to look at, like Doug said, what's on the left and right of the driveway, what our slope going through it is condition of what they currently have on their apron and then you know go back from there yeah so it's not just as we because anthony too <laughs> brought out a lot of homes that the roads were getting paved and maybe we had to do some apron repair work at their neighbors uh but their apron was fine yeah so it was a lot of questions of I mean, wait why why are they getting a 
at least a part partial new apron, and I'm getting nothing. You get that um, So yeah, going out to people's homes, you can understand why the average person wouldn't understand it. So it's so it's, if it's affecting what we're just what are doing. Functionality. We're going to replace yeah. so many feet of your apron. Yeah. If your apron's fine, it may not look the best, but it's not impacting what we're doing. And we typically don't replace. Correct. Is that right? We try to. We want those dollars to stretch. You know, our main focus is curbs and asphalt. After that, it, you know, we, we, we want to try to stretch those dollars to get as many miles of roads paved as we can. Yeah. So it's that's a good point. So it's not just, um, you know, we're being selective. It's if we repair what we have to repair, but if we're not going to repair what's okay. It's got nothing to do yeah. with aesthetics. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. nothing. Yeah. And then that money goes, it stretches our budget farther. We can do more mm -hmm. yeah. projects. Well, I always explain to people when we're out and they have questions like that, well, why isn't mine getting done in this one? You can go back to say, well, if we did it that way last year, half the roads wouldn't have gotten paved, which would have bumped you farther down the road, and you wouldn't get paid me for two, three more years. You know, if we just do your apron just because, we're not going to pave half the roads this year. It's a road paving project, and yeah. that includes the functionality of the stormwater. Mm -hmm. so. That's key. You gotta get the water off the road. Yeah. Yeah. The water is what damages the road. And then freeze thaw. You get water underneath, freeze thaw, freeze thaw, that's expansion. Heaves that road, you get cracking. Yeah. Now, when you guys are like, let's say you're on vacation, you're out in other parts of the country or communities, are you such road nerds that you like are looking at other people's <laughs> I <know> roads? Yeah. <laughs> you commenting to your loved ones. I do. You know, uh, we do. I do. Condition that. of the road. It's and terrible. The, the binder and all that stuff. It's terrible. Yeah. I say it in my head a lot, and then sometimes I'll bring it up, and my wife look at me like, "You're a dork." <laughs> yeah. You say, "Oh, this road's free." I do that. Yeah, I don't care. You always <laughs> take, just drive. You always <laughs> take your job with you, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. You're always looking at you know how they do things differently. I'm always looking at something yeah. like that. You never know where. You know, we've been on trips where, you know, um, St. Pete, right? That crossing thing that they have, or those big speed bumps that they got. You right. got to push that crosswalk across, you know, across the street. We have mm -hmm. stuff like that now, but we hadn't, right? right? We started see how that works and works well for them. Putting things well in, you know, you're always looking around to see how other people do things and maybe try yeah. to implement that in your city. Yeah. No, I do the same thing. I take yeah. pictures of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, good deal. Um, so besides the roads, the number one issue we deal with in Crown Point is parking. Parking. I can't have enough parking. So you guys also are in charge of doing some parking lot improvements. Did some last year. We got more on the table for this year. Yeah. Um, so I know I talk about this all the time with the, uh, my monthly community forum, but the post office lot. Um, so what, what's, we're going to be starting that pretty quick. Yeah. So bids come in, uh, March 22nd and, um, we'll, we'll get rolling on that. That should be, uh, five week construction on that one. Once we figure out who's going to be doing it. Um, so that's going to open up what 60 some more stalls. It'll be blend it's, all yeah, it's 60, 70 or yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, we are going to add to the lot. Cross and Bulldog Park. That's going to give us how many more stalls? Uh, between 50 and 55 more spots there. We yeah. found some areas that we could improve uh, two different spots to add parking. And then we discovered that we just labeled it Lot 7 over there across from Bulldog Park. It wasn't really in our inventory for parking, yeah. which gave us... That's like 120 more spots. That's so we're currently there to begin with it. 
isn't really labeled as a municipal yeah. public lot. So, so now we have it labeled. Um, we're working on some things. We want to put a, I think the map's going to go in on the Hub City Quarterly where all the public parking is. Right. Um, so we want to put something like that together and possibly develop a, look into doing an, some sort of app that's going to tell people they can download this app and how many parking and where it's at if they download the app and where to park in the city. Yeah. We talked about, you know, if we're going to add parking or even what we already have, we need to do a better job of letting people know, you know, on the west side, there's a municipal lot here, here, yeah. and here. So I think a lot of people, they're just, they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just they don't know. The first parking stall. Yeah. People yeah. always ask me, like, hey, I'm going to the square. There's no, no spots. I say, well, go one block outside the square because everybody just looks on the square parking. That's it. I do that. There's, that's literally one block up the square, yeah. and there's nobody ever parks yeah. over there. I do like three laps, and then Darcy won't walk, so then I do the drop off, <laughs> and I go park, yeah. and I come back. And sometimes people are like, "That's a spot you can park in that lot. That's a hidden gem. I didn't know about that." Yeah, yeah. they're there. It's a good one. Yeah, he's got to find them. It's a good one. Yeah. So we'll start that. Um, I would like to see that done by June. Um, that parking lot. The post office lot? The post office lot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one by the, it'll probably be later in the season. Yeah, um, the, the additional parking across in Bulldog. Yeah. Yeah, later in the season when we get roads. Yeah. Right up, that will probably, we'll probably try and time that so it's a little bit, or probably start once the Little League gets done, just because yeah. it'll be a nightmare to try and work while those are going on. Yeah. And we're trying to do that because we've talked about when Bulldog Park, there's there's always something going on at Bulldog yeah. Park. Mm-hmm. So uh, our normal stuff, and then we have some, you know, events that are more attended than others. And so we can get more parking closer to Bulldog Park that people can take advantage of. Because we just said people park anywhere. So if they are closer to the square and walk to Bulldog Park, that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Get more cars to park near Bulldog Park. It kind of helps parking with this, on the square itself. Yeah. And I think we had that refresh map published on the website. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the information's out there. Then maybe it's we got to figure out how it's going to be easier to find for yeah, you know, people coming into town. So based on our timetable, so what do you think? Like the end of April, we should have a pretty good handle on jumping into the season. What roads and who's going and who? who and yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have um, so if the bids come in March twenty second, um, you know, I would think by. Mid-April, we'll be we'll be under contract with one or multiple. If it's multiple, it's going to be fun season. Yeah, you know. But and even if people don't see it on the website, you guys go out there, you create the flyers, you go out door to door and let people know that right. there's a project. Here's when the here's when expected to start. Here's when expected to finish and whatever. Correct. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. the information we local talk, roads, yeah. right. All the information we talk about today, we have a like a threefold flyer that we created just to kind of cut down instead of just hey, we're paving your road. This was a flyer we created yeah. that breaks it down, you know, knocks out some of the easy questions of, you know, why are you only doing this on my road? Why is this not getting done? You know, when are you coming in to uh, do curbs? And when that happens, where should I park? All that kind of stuff. So I think, I think when we first started to develop that, we're like, what are the top 10 questions yeah. the office gets? And yeah. we took those 10 questions and we put it on a trifold and answered them to complete detail yeah we have pictures in there to yeah. show examples of and stuff. then we when we know that road's going to get paved we hand that out to them 
um, you know, your, your road's been selected. This is what's going to happen. You know, so yeah. they're fully informed. Yeah. And it has significantly cut down on yeah. the questions uh, we get. Which we don't mind answering them, but yeah. if you're answering 100 <laughs> questions a day and phone calls, then you can't do everything else. So, yeah. so they, they all get a little flyer in their door. And if it's big projects, we usually do a nice flyer, yeah. like Well Street and um, Clarkship. We just did last year in our community crossings. They got a little bit more detailed flyer because yeah. there's a lot more involved. We took trees out, we added trees, and so yeah. You guys do do a good job of keeping the those residents uh, informed of what's going on and answering their questions. I've been out on visited homes with you guys on residents that have why are you doing this or why are you not doing something. The aprons was the big the yeah big one. yeah. So you guys do a great job of explaining to the residents. Thanks. Um, so then, like we said, everything comes down to funding. Yeah. Everything. Man, we can go three months without spending any money. Um, so how, 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 how do we determine uh, the funding available for a certain road project season? So we go through the budget, the 2023 budget, and there are certain items that are allotted strictly for road paving. We know that we're going to have uh, all our wheel tax money gets distributed we that's what we use for our community crossings our matching grants so we apply and there are certain roads that qualify for community crossings which is a million dollar up to a million dollars that we can get from indot uh and we match so we get two million fifty cents on the dollar basically right so um we choose roads we try to spend the two million dollars yeah um so last year was Clark and Wells. So we find money out of our local budget for paving. And then, which that was, I, I don't remember what the numbers were, but we're, with everything, community crossings, everything that we're going to be doing for local roads, we should be about $4 million this year. Yeah, we combined all those different funding sources. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the community crossings is 113th Avenue. This year is 113th Avenue. And, and then Greenview. Greenview. Off 231 and Stillwater. Yeah. yeah. So like just short of Morningside subdivision. Greenview Place, we'll take that down through and make it up to uh, where that pond is, 231. Yeah. And then we're going to add a turn lane there. And I believe we're going to add some pedestrian crossing there as well. Uh, and then 113, we'll take it, uh, I think it's to Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're yeah, still working on some engineering and utilities. And we got some um, utilities issues over there. Yeah. Not only for the replacement of that culvert. There's some utilities that we would need to get moved for widening so we can have a nice turn lane on to Delaware. Um, so, but we're working through that right now. Yeah. There's a lot that we can get done this year and we're going to try to do as much as we can. Um, definitely Greenview will get done. And, uh, 113th, it may run into uh, next year, but we have 18 months to utilize this funding. So yeah. uh, if what we don't get done this year, we'll, carry on next year and we got to October next year yeah to spend that money yeah, and that's a funding mechanism that you can't just go out and put it to any road we want correct that there's some parameters we have to follow whether these roads qualify for this type of funding right, right. They, they kind of label them as like economic <laughs> driver roads so like your main roads like Summit Street North Street Main Street you know roads that impact the whole community not only residents but businesses you know emergency services all that kind of stuff yeah so you can't just go in and pay a do a private cul-de-sac, or not a private cul-de-sac, but a cul-de-sac in a neighborhood. Yeah, like you know. just a local road right. or a neighborhood. 
yeah. would be able to use those. But the nice thing is, is it uses the money for those major roads that cost a lot more and then frees up all our local money to spend on the major roads. Yeah. So. And then we're doing one intersection, which I know is, you, well, you guys all know, Anthony, yeah. you know, too. It's a hot mess. Is uh, 231 in Delaware. Yes. We're going to realign that this, uh, this year. We're going to get that squared away a little bit better, more, um, you know, Straighten it out so traffic. There's been some accidents there, so yeah, it just became a traffic day. <clears throat> yeah, the, you know, we're gonna add some turn lanes in there again. We had to wait for some utilities to be moved, right? We're still waiting on some, so we're on schedule with this one. So, April, April by April, I'm being told that all utilities will be um moved and we'll be ready to go. So, yeah. that's encouraging. And yeah, we, we put some temporary striping out there this past year to kind of direct them kind of like get on the bike path at summit street right there by there kind of guide them where they need to go it seemed to help a little bit but we'll get in there this year and we'll get that dialed in as well so yeah. what a lot of people don't realize is that's technically the state intersection so it was a lot of working with them to figure out what we could do on our end to realign the road that's on more on delaware than 231 to yeah. make that work so so yeah we did put in for state funding for that right. intersection but uh, we don't the funding we go through that process takes several years so right yeah we're looking at five years out and we just didn't want to wait that long right. to improve that intersection yeah. so we're, we're just going to kind of line it up with our own money and right. then the state will come through around 2028 and finally put in a full-size round yeah there. yeah so so we'll make it safe for the time being according to me yeah i think at a couple since we talked about that well why are you spending the money to put enhance the intersection now if and hopefully 2027 or 8, you're going to come in and put a roundabout in. Like, well, if you drove Right, hopefully. Well, but one, we don't have a grant. Yeah, I don't know if we're hopeful that our application yeah. seem to be pretty strong that yeah. we'll get the award. Score high, yeah. I'm like, well, if you don't, if you drove that way two, three times a day, right. different times of the day, you would know why we're yeah. not sitting back in that. Safety's more important. It, it's definitely the worth the investment to, yeah. to get that. Five years is five, a long time. The back, yeah, yeah, and the backups on Delaware in the mornings are pretty significant. So. Yeah. yeah. So, a lot of good road improvements this year. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot that goes into it. I learned, I've learned a lot through this first process. I was one of those ones that, I don't know, this world looks bad to me. How come you guys aren't facing <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot more we'd love to do. It's just right. time and funding. I mean, it's, we'd love to get in there and pave all the ones and twos that we have. But yeah. And when people see us coming through and, you know, well, our road's been one for a few years and we haven't done it, we try and utilize all the sources we have. Not only, you know, when Jimmy Jimmy's guys come in and they patch them and we have a total patcher out now that can do a larger area where it kind of, you know. Yeah, we're trying to look to them. To, in a sense, you're heating it up and melting it back down to get it to, you know, last a little bit longer. We're trying to make it a joint effort between street department and engineering. Yeah. You know, we, we can get out there and pave all, all you want to, but. It's all about maintaining it. What are we going to do to preserve these roads? Can, is there something that you know the street department can be doing to help preserve these better? Than you know, it's a team effort. We got you know. So now, so does the street department? Are they the ones that you're talking about coming out and patching it? Um, yeah, you know, the cracks in the roadway. Is the street department technically? So we 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 sub that out. Um, I'm trying to put something together right now to where we might be able to bring in material and equipment as a rental and see if we can't get 
uh, the street department to participate. Maybe we can max out yeah. our funding instead of asking for more money. What can yeah. we do to, you know, keep this in house and stuff like that? So, okay. Instead of just crash ceiling four miles of roads, now we're crash ceiling six, seven, maybe eight miles of roads. Yeah. Right. You know, keep them keep them in those sixes and sevens ratings a little bit longer than you know they normally would drop down. So never ending. Year round, hundred percent. Year round. So when everybody, all the other city workers are, you know, you guys are just sitting <clears> in your <throat> office at your up seats and you're not doing anything. You're <laughs> yeah, playing, right. And putting green or whatever. Let me know when you see that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the one that says that. Yeah, right. Adam says that. Here. So oh yeah, I do. But uh, no, it's year round battle. So yeah, you guys do a great job with everything. Thank you. So Adam, you got a lot of stuff coming up at Bulldog Park. We do quite a bit of stuff. This is your time to plug. <clears throat> well, we just got done with St. Patty's Day. That was fantastic. It was a little cold out. Excellent. Everything went well. Could have uh, been worse. Could have been worse. Could have been better. Could have been worse. Always talking temperature wise. But all the smiles were good. Yeah, it's definitely well worth it. A lot of green so. beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, we're going to start vamping up, but believe it or not, tournament started Sportsplex second week of April. And then we are. Oh, pretty much every weekend through no, November. Um, and then we've got most uh, kids we've ever had in um, girls softball league. We're 539 as we have. So once we add some other teams in, we'll probably be over 70 teams uh, out there. Uh, but uh, how's the new fields look? Looking good. Looking good. We're all uh, we should be on target. So uh, we will be we'll be kind of close, but we'll be good. So time for opening day. Time for opening. Yeah. We're definitely ready for opening day. We'll be ready for the tournaments to come uh, second week. Or so and then we're uh, vamping up. We just uh, announced uh, a week or so ago the uh, Cooper Allen over at Bulldog Park. Cooper Allen. Have you guys heard of Cooper Allen? Never heard of him. Yeah. Interesting, right? Interesting. Yeah, it's a big deal. So, yes. uh, the Chris Jansen tickets excited. are selling like crazy. So, if you haven't got yours, uh, we're well over fifty percent already. So, that'll be a big show. The Cooper Allen will be a big show too. Uh, we're bringing a couple cool things for that Cooper Allen concert. Bringing the comedians back. Uh, comedians come back. Uh, the other day, I just sent out uh, to their uh, to their marketing firm on putting them together. So, we're looking. Uh, Looking for August date for having some comedians back. Uh, we got two days of uh, the old Oktoberfest. So we're proud to announce yeah, one night will be the traditional night. So traditional. We'll have the beer hall field and the polka bands going. So polka, polka, polka. Uh, so that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we're definitely uh, every weekend we are we are blowing up with stuff. So we got some big concerts. We got a uh, concert summer series that'll be against, announced here. Uh, on all the bands here, we've got some of the bigger acts coming. We've got Roller Derby back. We've got uh, in the the extra nights of uh, uh, Oktoberfest. We've got Rockapelli, which is a um, uh, Rockapelli that's going to be kind of like a band uh, show that is moving up from Griffith over here. We've got uh, Movie Nights with the Library, very popular. Those movies. Yeah, so on Movie Nights, and then. Uh, October Friday, which is uh, first Friday the thirteenth, which is in October, we're going to bring back a creature feature. Mm. Old school, old school. Sure. So we're going to bring that back to have. What was that? What was that? That one scary. There's a bunch of segments. Home Alone. 
No. <laughs> a scary one. <laughs> Jeep what, was that, uh, what was that one called? What are we talking Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Creature Feature. Yeah, so creature, bring back a creature nice. Feature just to have something that'll be fun for all ages type thing. Well, we talked about we want to get this different variety for everybody. People like different stuff. So, well, you, got the, uh, if you have any ideas, I always say. Absolutely. And Monster Mash playing. I mean, we got the Cal Ripken World Series. We got the NSA Ooh. Softball World Series. Yeah. We are going to be busy with national stuff. Very good. So, so, um, so you guys, I hope, I hope you didn't forget. I did not. Very embarrassing. <laughs> Keeping it behind the scenes. I don't want my Mine's been here the whole time. Right. It's a surprise. So, you know, we got the prop shelf, so we always invite guests to bring something that will stay on okay. prop shelves. Although, you know, your father-in-law, I'm like, hey, can you autograph the bowling pin? You know, be a nice Tim Ryan. So he did, but he just wrote Tim. <laughs> so, <laughs> close enough. So he, he went all out on his own. <laughs> you know what Tim that is. Very nice. So what's your, what's your donation to the prop shop? Go ahead. So anybody that's been in my office knows that I have a lot of little trinkets. Uh, not only things I've collected, but stuff that my kids have given me or we've collected together. So I have a... Uh, uh, one shelf with metal figurines that you, when you buy them, they're just on a flat sheet. You got to take them apart, bend them, and and build some sort of design with them. So uh, got this one from one of the guys in the office when he went to Disney. So thought I'd bring this one in. That's the Millennium, Millennium Falcon. Falcon. Oh yeah, I didn't shape that one yourself. That started on a sheet of paper. Yeah, it's like a little metal metal That's sheet, cool. and then you snap all the pieces out. There's little uh, tabs on them that you bend over, and they snap in together and. Very nice. I like that. I've got like the Sears Tower on there. I've got the White House, you know, Capitol Building. I got a bunch of different stuff. So very nice. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate that. Well, and I thought it'd be appropriate based on our topics that we discussed. Brought in some tar. I did. Brought yourself a traffic cone. Traffic cone. All right. Look at that. Perfect. So there you go. It's not the scale. It's definitely not the scale. Don't try to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. So very nice. Two great, great things for the prop show. Awesome. Adam, you got anything? Well, no, we're Anthony. Good. We're good. I'm glad you dressed for the occasion. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah. Just really I think it was an informative show. We got a lot of good information out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I heard you were gonna save the best for your season finale, so we yeah. appreciate you having us on. Yeah, it's very exciting. End of season one, uh eight episodes went by like that. So couldn't ask for a better launch. Big season two, big things are lined up. Yep, we're going to have a whole new unveil season two in May. Um, some exciting guests for season two, so looking forward to that. Uh, I mean, you can't go higher than number one, <laughs> and I'll see a slip into number two. That's true. But, um, well, somebody else fires up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that happening. So we'll stay number one. Mary, you got anything to tie us up? Send us out season one. She just you got really cliffhangers. Huh? You got any cliffhangers? Old people on edge. So, uh, well, we got Mondays with the mayor, which actually we'll have that before this airs. So, never mind on that. Um, but you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Apple Podcasts. You can sit around in your house and flip on YouTube and watch podcasts from your TV in your living room. Did you guys know that? No. That's how I. That's how I. Doug sent me a text like 10 30 at night. Yeah, yeah. Just watching the podcast. Great cast. Loved it. Yeah. So uh but anyway, so thank you for you guys coming on. Appreciate it. It was a great show, very informative. 
A lot of these questions are what people ask us all yeah. the time. So, and they're great questions and they should be asking this stuff. Yeah. But um, now they know what all goes into road paving season and how we come up with what we come up with. So, and it's just a minute, <clears throat> just a just minute a thing that uh, we do at, at the engineering department. Yep. So, good job. Until our season two launch in May, Crown Point, thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you next time and stay safe. This month's business spotlight is Prime Steakhouse. Located on the historic Crown Point Square, Prime Steakhouse is Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland's go-to steakhouse and fine dining restaurant. With a selection of top steaks and seafood, you are set to have a great time. For more information, visit primesteakhousecp.com. You've been listening to Lay of the Land with Crown Point Mayor Pete Land and Chief of Staff Anthony Schleter. If you like what you heard today, come hang out with us on the third Tuesday of every month. Lay of the Land is available on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time.